It's time to get your news on. We are VK1 WIA. And getting it on for week commencing June 11, I'm editor Graham VK4BB. And this week, WIA Secretary Peter VK8ZZ Zedri Club Insurance, WIA Vice President Lee VK3GK Re, Dayton Record and VK's Going to Dayton. WIA Special Interest Group News reporter Cole VK3GTV goes above and beyond this week, still bringing you the news despite an accident and short hospitalisation Wednesday. And next week, June 18th's news will originate from the VK7 Centenary Committee, so make sure you're tuned for that one. Now, much, much more in this edition of news from the Wireless Institute of Australia. Ham Radio News. Nobody does it better. We are VK1 WIA. Last week, WIA Director Chris VK3FY told us of the WIA webinar. Continuing on from that, here's our Secretary. Hey, good morning, listeners. As he advised in last week's broadcast, in order to provide clubs with an overview of the reasons behind the changes to the amateur radio insurance offering, we have arranged for the broker to join us on a webinar to be held on Wednesday the 14th of June 2023 at 7pm, that's Eastern Time or Sydney Time, and should go for approximately one hour. With so many affiliated clubs, we have only issued an invitation to club presidents and club secretaries to join us on the webinar. These invitations went out during the past few days. If you did not receive such an invite, then please check your junk and spam email filters before contacting us. If you need an invite, then please send an email to national office at wia.org.au. Questions may be submitted ahead of time by email to secretary at wia.org.au. This has been Peter Cleave, VK8ZZ, for the National WIA National News. This is WIA Vice President Lee Moyle, VK3GK. Just a quick update on the attendance numbers at the Dayton Hamvention held last month in May in Xenia, Ohio, which set a new attendance record this year. I noticed it was very busy and with perfect weather, attendance seemed to be very high. This year, 33,861 people flooded the Green County Fairground and Expo Centre for the world's biggest amateur radio show, according to a spokesman for Hamvention. The number surpassed the previous record by more than 1,300 people. It's also more than 2,000 greater than last year's attendance, which was the first Hamvention post-COVID. This year's Hamvention ran May 19th to 21st and brought in people from all around the world. Things went very smoothly due to the dedication and hard work of close to 700 volunteers, Jim Storms, AB8YK, Hamvention General Manager said. Dayton Hamvention... 2024 is scheduled for May the 17th to 19th, 2024. Put the date in your diary. For those on social media, there is a Facebook group with dedicated discussions and with hints and tips for Hamvention trip planning. Search for VKs going to Dayton. International Hamventions are a great meeting place for many hams. Next up is Frederikshaven in Germany on June the 23rd to 25th. Then it's Tokyo Ham Fair at the big site in Ariaki, Tokyo on August 19th and 20th. I know of several VK hams that are travelling to Tokyo, attending ham fair and have even applied for a Japanese call sign using reciprocal agreements in place between Australia and Japan. Even some of the wives and partners decided to attend this year as well. 
They must have heard how much fun we all have. For now, 7-3 from Lee, VK3GK. From here, there and everywhere, you've tuned to the Wireless Institute of Australia's National News Service. We are VK1WIA. Now, international news with VK2LAW Jason. Hello. In news from Region 1, the Italian Radio Amateur Association Fidenza Radio Club is organising the 8th edition of a technical and cultural event at the birthplace of Guglielmo Marconi Foundation this weekend, Saturday, June 10th and Sunday, June 11th. The aim of this event is to highlight at an international level the historical value and meaning of the Yacht Elettra. This was the moving laboratory of the great Italian scientist where important radio communications experiments were conducted on board. Over the whole weekend, Radio amateurs from the ARI Fidenza Group will operate a radio station located close to the keel of the yacht Elettra, which is kept at the museum. This special Marconian station call sign will be used will be India Yankee 4, Foxtrot Golf Mike. To Region 2, a California man faces a possible $24,000 fine for allegedly playing recordings during an amateur radio net and not providing his call sign. The accused has been issued a notice of apparent liability by the Federal Communications Commission for apparently willfully and repeatedly interfering with the radio communications of the Western Amateur Radio Friendship Association while it was attempting to hold a regularly scheduled net and for failing to provide station identification on amateur radio frequencies. The FCC said it received numerous complaints and said its agent went to the site of the transmissions three times in late 2022 and, in each case, heard recordings playing on 3.908 MHz that caused interference to the WARFA net while failing to provide his own call sign. ARRL Foundation accepting applications for grants in June. The ARRL Foundation is now accepting grant applications from amateur radio organisations across the USA for eligible amateur radio-related projects and initiatives, particularly those focused on educating, licensing and supporting amateur radio activities. To grow amateur radio's future, youth-based projects and initiatives are especially encouraged. The ARRL Foundation Grants Program accepts proposals on a cyclical model three times a year in February, June and October. Proposals for the June grant period are accepted through to June 30. Awardees will be notified approximately one month after the closing of each cycle. The ARRL Foundation is celebrating its 50th anniversary. The Foundation carefully manages a portfolio of endowments where donors have provided specific goals for their gifts, and that portfolio is invested and managed in a way that it can continue to support those goals for many years to come. AM radio isn't quite dead yet amongst those selling cars in the US. One car maker has shifted gears into reverse, literally. Yes, the Ford Motor Company has reversed an earlier decision to eliminate AM radios in its new cars, trucks and SUVs. The carmaker's announcement was on the heels of a bipartisan bill introduced in Washington, D.C., pressing for AM broadcast radios' retention as a public safety measure. 
Ford CEO Jim Farley announced on social media that the reversal comes after discussions with government policy leaders who believe the elimination of AM broadcast radio in vehicles will cut motorists off from essential emergency alerts transmitted on those frequencies. The CEO wrote that all 2024 Ford and Lincoln vehicles will include AM radio. He added, quote, For any owners of 4 DVs without AM broadcast capability, we'll offer a software update, end quote. The update would restore AM functionality. And to news from Region 3, Hamfest India will take place at Ahmedabad Science City in 2023 on November 25th and 26th. Since 1991, Hamfest India has been an international convention of amateur radio enthusiasts made up of a trade show, flea market and other activities. Science City is an ambitious initiative of the government of Gujarat to trigger an inquiry of science in the mind of a common citizen with the aid of entertainment and experiential knowledge. Covering an area of more than 107 hectares, the idea is to create imaginative exhibits, virtual reality activity corners, and live demonstrations in an easily understandable manner. Science City features a robotics gallery, amphitheatre, energy park, IMAX 3D, and more. For VK1 WIA National News in Sydney, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. Weird and wonderful, and researchers create the first wooden transistor. Rick VK7RI from VK7WI has the story. Researchers at Lincoln University at the KTH Royal Institute of Technology have created what is previously considered impossible, a wooden transistor. This study is more than just an engineering tour de force. It paves the way for further development of plant-based electronics. Wood is evidently not a semiconductor. Wood doesn't conduct current. But what if you treat it in a special way? The research has found that it can be used as a transistor. We've come up with an unprecedented principle. Yes, the wood transistor is slow and bulky, but it does work and has a huge development potential, says Isaac Enquist. Senior Associate Professor at the Laboratory of Organic Electronics at Laponging University. The researchers use balsa wood as this type of wood is evenly structured throughout. They then remove the lignin parts that lend rigidity to the wooden bark. This left only the long cellulose fibres with hollow channels where the lignin had been. Then they filled the channels with a conductive type of plastic. This resulted in material that behaves similar to a semiconductor. These channels were then filled with conductive plastic, or polymer, P-dot, P-S-S, resulting in electrical conductive wood material. This resulting structure was able to regulate electric current, switch power on and off, and provide continuous power at the selected level. It was pretty slow. It took about a second to switch on and off a few seconds to turn it on. But it worked. This has resulted in a transistor where all three terminals are made of conductive wood, which can be operated continuously at the selected conductive without being limited by saturation effects. We expect this device and concept will be stepping stone for the development of wood-based electric components, the researchers explain. As we step into the era of green technologies, there will be an increasing distinction between complex nanoscale electronics and on one hand, and simple large size, large area electronics on the other hand, the latter with special functions like biosensing, biointegration, biodegradability, etc. 
bio-based materials will be the underpinning for the development of these functionalities. On behalf of the VK7 Amateur Radio News team, it's 73's Stay Safe from Rick, VK7RI. Thanks, Rick, VK7RI. And next week, June 18th's news will originate from the VK7 Centenary Committee. We are VK1WIA. Now, operational news with VK4FUQ. Felix. Hello there. Now, context-wise, June 24-25, Winter VHF UHF Field Day. Saturday 24, Sunday 25. 2023 QRP Day happens June 17. The NZART Memorial Contest dates are the 1st and 2nd of July. IAIA UHF World Championship Contest takes place the second full weekend of July beginning 1200 hours UTC Saturday and ending 1200 hours UTC Sunday, July 8 and 9. All licensed amateurs worldwide are eligible to participate in this contest as the objective is to contact as many other amateurs as possible, especially IAA member society HQ stations around the world, using the 160, 80, 40, 20, 15 and 10 metre bands. July 15, Trans-Tasman Low Band Contest, Low Band Activity between VK and ZL. 160, 80 and 40 metres are allowed with SSB, CW and digital, RITI or PSK. August 12 and 13, Remembrance Day Contest. This contest commemorates the amateurs who died during World War II and is designed to encourage friendly participation and help improve the operating skills of participants. It is held on the weekend closest to the 15th of August. The date on which hostilities with Japan ceased in the southwest Pacific area. A perpetual trophy is awarded annually to the Australian state or territory with the best performance. The name of the winning state or territory is inscribed on the trophy, and that state or territory then holds the trophy for 12 months. The winning state or territory is also given a certificate as they are leading entrants. August 26 27, Alara Contest. Wilds work everyone. OMs work wilds only. DX window. DR100 X-ray is radiating until the end of June. It's a special call sign commemorating the 100th anniversary of the death of Wilhelm C. Rungen, the physicist whose discovery X-rays earned him the inaugural Nobel Prize in Physics in 1901 and revolutionised diagnostic medicine. QSL via the Bureau or direct to DJ6SI. AU40 NRO is active until the 30th of June to celebrate the 40th anniversary of the National Institute of Amateur Radio in India. QSL via VU2NRO. China. QRP is BY2 stroke K6FA until the middle of August. HF bands using mainly CW. QSL for LOTW. Listen for the special event call sign A60AP, which is on the air until the 31st of August. The suffix stands for the Emirates Astronaut Program, which prepares crews of UAE astronauts for missions that include the International Space Station. QSL by EA7FTR. Finally, Beacon News. After repeated complaints about the QRP P-Beacon operating from Romania, YO8RX in the 17-metre band, the IAA Region 1 HF manager has made direct contact with the operator. 
Most recently, Y08RX QRP P-Beacon was observed on the frequency 18100.53 kHz in the range of the International Beacon Project, IBP. In the meantime, assurances have been given that the beacon will QSY as soon as possible. For BK1WIA National News, I'm Felix, BK4FUQ Inningham. From here, there and everywhere, you've tuned to the Wireless Institute of Australia's National News Service. We are VK1WIA. Now, special interest group news with VK3GTV. Cole. Hello, first up, it's Worldwide Special Interest Group's Astronomy. Mysterious dashes look like Morse code at the centre of the Milky Way. Astronomers have captured hundreds of mysterious filaments pointing towards the Milky Way's supermassive black hole. They could help uncover secrets about the dark abyss at the centre of our galaxy. The strange horizontal strands are 25,000 light-years from Earth, with scientists comparing them with dots and dashes of Morse code. Only these appear to be floating through space. It was a surprise to suddenly find a new population of structures that seemed to be pointing in the direction of the black hole, said Professor Farhad Yousafzadeh of Northwestern University in Illinois in the Midwestern United States. Many new discoveries are coming from enhanced technology, particularly the South African Radio Astronomy's Observatory's Meerkat Telescope. To pinpoint the filaments, the researchers used a technique to remove the background and smooth the noise from images to isolate them from surrounding structures. Worldwide Special Interest Group News, Summits on the Air, Worldwide Flora and Fauna Program, Parks on the Air and other adventure groups. The 2023 ARRL Field Day is just two weeks away on June 24-25. It's the most popular on-the-air event held annually in the US and Canada. More than 40,000 hams throughout North America set up temporary transmitting stations in public places to demonstrate ham radio science, skill and service to communities and the nation. It combines public service, emergency preparedness, community outreach and technical skills all in a single event. The ARRL Field Day has been an annual event since 1933. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier Amateur radio enthusiasts were thrilled as astronauts aboard the International Space Station engaged in voice contacts as NA-1SS over the period of May 25-29. to The astronauts John Schofner, KO4MJC and Woody Hoberg, KB3HTZ, provided an opportunity for amateur radio operators to establish contact with the orbiting space station. The amateur radio on the ISS program, simply known as ARIS, facilitated these voice contacts, allowing radio amateurs to communicate with the astronauts on board the ISS. As the news spread on social media, amateur radio operators shared their excitement about making successful contacts with the astronauts. Hams from different parts of the world, including Europe, the United States and the United Kingdom, shared their experiences of communicating with the ISS crew on Twitter. The astronauts were actively seeking information about the location of each station, showing a keen interest in the diverse range of contacts they were making. Operators interested in attempting a contact with the ISS crew should set the downlink frequency to 437.800 MHz FM and listen for activity. The uplink frequency is 145.990 MHz FM with a PL tone of 67 Hz. 
The ARIS website and the AMSAT status page provide information on the ISS crew's radio activities. Still on Space News, there's been a new record set with 17 people in Earth orbit simultaneously. In a remarkable achievement, the number of individuals in Earth orbit has reached a new record high. On May 30, a total of 17 people from five different countries were in Earth orbit. The population in orbit skyrocketed with the launch of China's Shenzhou-16 mission. This three-person mission propelled the overall count to a new record. Previously, the record stood at 14 people, achieved during the privately funded Inspiration4 mission in 2021. Although the record stands at 17 people in Earth orbit, it's worth noting that a recent record for the most people in space, not just in Earth orbit, was set briefly. For approximately five minutes, a total of 20 individuals were off the planet. This record occurred when six members of Virgin Galactic's Unity 25 Spaceship 2 crew embarked on a suborbital spaceflight, coinciding with three Chinese Taikonauts residing aboard Tiangong and 11 astronauts, cosmonauts and spaceflight participants aboard the International Space Station. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Medical Hospitalised children have Aris Cuso with the space station. Hospitalised children outside Washington, D.C. were given a chance to talk with an ISS astronaut recently on amateur radio. Patrick Clark, K8TAC, tells us how things went. Having fulfilled the first part of his space mission a few days earlier to arrive on board the ISS, astronaut John Schaffner, KO4MJC, got underway with one of his next goals, to share the joys and opportunities of STEM studies as an educator. On May 26th, he shared that view from space through a CUSO with youngsters at the Children's End in Bethesda, Maryland. It was a telebridge contact that made use of a ground station in Belgium with the call sign ON4ISS. The youngsters at the Children's End learned about life in space and got a closer look at the way amateur radio can connect people. The Children's End provides a free residential environment to children and young adults who are patients at the National Institutes of Health as a means of reducing stress on the young patients and furthering the Institute's clinical research. With the help of ARISS and amateur radio, the youngsters also got a view of the great things that can happen beyond the bounds of planet Earth. This is Patrick Clark, K8TAC. A great story. Thanks, Patrick. Next up, it's Worldwide Special Interest Group's Maritime, ILLW. The ILLW weekend takes place over the weekend of August 19th to 20th. Countries all over the world have become involved in one form or another of lighthouse activity during August. Some years ago, the United States Congress declared August 7th as their National Lighthouse Day, and during that first week in August, amateur radio operators in America set up portable stations at lighthouses and endeavour to make contact with each other. This event is known as the U.S. National Lighthouse Week. In Britain, the Association of Lighthouse Keepers, ALK, conducts International Lighthouse Heritage Weekend on the same weekend as the ILLW in August. Their objective is to encourage lighthouse managers, keepers and owners to open their lighthouse or light station and related visitor centres to the public with a view of raising the profile of lighthouses, light vessels and other navigational aids, and preserving our maritime heritage. The ILLW usually takes place on the third full weekend in August each year and attracts over 500 lighthouse entries located in over 40 countries. It's one of the most popular international amateur radio events in existence, probably because there are very few rules, and it's not the usual contest-type event. Worldwide Special Interest Group's QRP 
As Felix, VK4FUQ, has been telling us for some time now, QRP Day is coming to IARU Region 3, and the power of QRP isn't always measured in watts, or even milliwatts. Jim Meachin, ZL2BHF, explains. It started as a long-ago suggestion from the New Zealand Association of Radio Transmitters, which suggested to IARU Region 3 in 1997 that QRP operation be given its day in the sun, literally. Since then, Region 3 societies have helped advance involvement in such QRP activities as QRP field days, QRP contests, instructions for QRP kit building and publication of articles about QRP operating. That's all about to get even more intense on June 17th, which will once again be QRP day throughout IARU Region 3. Writing to IARU member societies, directors and liaison officers, Yuki JH1NBN, Region 3 Secretary, encouraged promotion of QRP operation, particularly when it's highlighted on that day. He wrote in his letter that QRP, quote, offers advantages concerning, among others, the reduction of QRM on the amateur bands, end quote. The day promises a powerful outcome. This is Jim Meachin, ZL2BHF. Thanks, Jim. On to Worldwide Special Interest Group's military. Tuesday, June the 6th, was the 79th anniversary of D-Day, also known as the Normandy landings of June 6, 1944, that signalled the end of World War II. The South Flanders DX Activity Group operated the Special Event Station F-ON6JUN-P from the Pegasus Bridge in Ranville, Normandy, France, transmitting CW, phone and digital mode operations on all HF bands. If you worked or heard the station and you're after a QSL card, 4F-ON6JUN-P, contact QSL manager Joss Lampert on 5SD, Worldwide Special Interest Group's Radio Scouting. With the details, it's over to Alec, VK2APC. Thank you, Cole. On the one hand, Eric Valentine, an 80-year-old former scoutmaster, is lucky that a group of scouts just happened to pass in their canoes minutes after he fell down a rocky riverbank, seriously injuring himself. On the other hand, there's nothing lucky about a scout troop being prepared. Knowing they were entering an area of the Snake River with limited cell phone service, Troop 77 from Eagle, Idaho, Mountain West Council, carried one ham radio, one satellite communicator, and several short-distance radios with them. Knowing it would take a significant amount of time for first responders to arrive in case of emergency, they had one adult with wilderness first responder training and several scouts familiar with basic scout first aid skills. Knowing that accidents do sometimes happen, they had an adult in a support vehicle on the nearest road with his own radio, just in case. If luck truly is the result of preparation meeting opportunity, then sure, maybe a little bit of luck saved Valentine's life. But mostly it was the youth and adults of Troop 77 who knew exactly what to do when the situation presented itself. I am Alec, VK2APC. See you in a fortnight as next weekend the WIA National News will be a presentation from VK7 for their centenary. So for now, it's back to you, Cole. Thanks, Alec. And finally, it's Worldwide Special Interest Group's Rescue Radio, USA and the ARRL. 
The National Association for Amateur Radio has been elected to serve on SAFECOM. SAFECOM is a group of national thought leaders and officials within the emergency communications and response space that works to set standards at every level. The program is managed by the Cyber Security and Infrastructure Security Agency, an agency of the U.S. Department of Homeland Security. SAFECOM sets the standards of interoperability procedures. As a part of the group, ARRL solidifies the amateur radio service as a robust resource before and during times of crisis. For VK1WIA National News, I'm Cole, VK3GTV. 2023 social scene. And don't forget to check your club's page is up to date. Details of all WIA-affiliated clubs and societies can be found on the WIA website, including email addresses and website links. And if you have changed your website address, make sure you've updated the web address on the WIA site so we're reading the latest and greatest from your club. Now, the latest and greatest from the clubs in VK2 and VK5 this weekend, both big weekends, the Oxley Region 47th Annual Field Day at Warhope and the Serg Convention and Fox Hunting Championships, also this weekend, VK5. Still in VK5, Adelaide Hills Amateur Radio Society's Buy and Sell at Marion RSL, July 15. VK4 Sunfest happens September 9. Alara Meet in Hobart, November 4 and 5. Rosebud Radio Fest. That's in VK3, the Eastbourne Primary School, Sunday, November 12. And back to VK5, Amateur Radio Experimenters Group Radio and Electronic Sale, November 26. Now, till next we meet... I'm Graham, VK4BB, and we won't meet until a fortnight from now because next week, VK7WI will be bringing you the news as they celebrate 100 years of amateur radio in VK7. So now, walk softly. This has been the Wireless Institute of Australia with the weekly news service. This broadcast is in text, audio and video and is accessed on wia.org.au.